Conversations with Bob and Sherry is where the extrovert artist meets the introvert engineer. It's where analysis intersects experience. Join us as we explore news and culture to better understand what's true and important. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Bob. I decided to go uh, all natural well today. You know, uh, this is what a real woman looked like. <laughs> we get up early and ran around all day. And then now, you know, I, I had like a few minutes before our recording time. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go natural. This is what most moms look like on a daily basis. You know, that seems unfair, though, then. So you, you're a woman, look like a woman, regardless of whether you have makeup, regardless of the clothes you wear. I mean, you can have no clothes on and you look like a woman. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an unfair advantage you have over the well, other you know, women. I never thought about that. Over <laughs> the trans women, I do have an unfair advantage. I, I, do, I, I was born with the correct parts for my what my, my assigned gender is. So I should feel guilty about that. Well, yeah, work okay. on that. I gotta work on that. I gotta really work <laughs> on that. So we, um, I want to tell you, I listened to your interview with Joy. Wonderful interview, and um, you know, th that was a big thing when the uh, Southern Poverty Law Law Association named Mom for Moms for Liberty as a hate group. You and I have interviewed besides Joy. We have interviewed uh, Brittany and uh, Heather from the Washington County. They're the first founder, founded the Moms for Liberty chapter in Western PA, mm -hmm. and they've been doing very well. And by the way, they are coming on our show. They're going to Philadelphia after Philadelphia, uh, after their conferences, they are, they're going to come on our show and answer some of the questions you asked Joy as well. And I thought the interview was fair. I thought it was... Um, I thought Joy did a great job. And as a mom, uh, I'm not a member for Moms for Liberty, but I support the fact that it is pro-education. There's nothing wrong if we want our children to learn reading, writing, math, science. And I also think a lot of the value things we need to kind of teach, you know, the parents need to get involved with the school and teach the kids what's right and what's wrong. Um, I was in the car driving while I was listening to the interview. And one of the things Joy said, well, if you wanted to get a subscription to your children for a porn hub, go right ahead. That's your your individual freedom has nothing to do with me. So my son said, oh, should you get me a subscription to Pornhub? First of all, I just want to let you know, my son talk about, know about Pornhub before I did. I have no idea there's a website out there called Pornhub. Um, so I so my response is if you want to look at naked women, your father has a lot of Playboy magazine. He said, but I can't click on it. So I have no idea what that means. But as parents, my son's twelve years old, you can see what they're exposed to in on the internet and social media. So as a parent, we are already have to fight that to tell your son what's what constitute as a real re good relationship what constitute you know how to respect women all that stuff so the last thing we need is the school providing reading materials at a, such a young age not to help the parents but it's fighting against parents try to teach our children the basic morality mm -hmm. right so that i think that's um that's my take on that interview, but I thought you guys did a fantastic job. Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm glad you, I wasn't going to say this because we talked a little before, but I will say, I I hope that April, uh, the Shaler school board member uh, decides to come on and talk because um, I mean, I referenced her Facebook post in that other video, but you mentioned that because the kids are so exposed to this stuff early age, they don't need to see it in school. And I can tell you there's a counter argument to that. And this is where I would like somebody, April or someone on her side, to come in and speak intelligently about it, that they would argue that's part of the reason that they want to have more comprehensive sex education in the schools. Now, I could put a lot more behind that. I've looked into this a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, 
So, so problem, the easy access to pornography for small children, two different views of it. One, you said they already have too much of a problem. Why do we bring it into schools? And the counter might be to that. Well, if we bring, we need to bring something into the schools to help deal with that problem. Now, the question might be, what? What are you bringing into the schools? If I'm reading a book that's given to middle school and make a grown, grown married women blush, that book probably should not be in school. Yeah. If you have a, a book illustrates two people have sexual activities introducing to these middle school, like we're talking about 12, 13, 14 year olds, right? Yeah. If you, if as an adult, you introduce child pornography online, you will be arrested. If you, as an adult, if an 18 year old will have sex with a 14 year old, that's considered rape of minors. Yeah. Why are we introduce all that to the kids if at the same time, you know, we have, it doesn't make sense. The law says you cannot have sex with a minor. Mm -hmm. The law says you cannot have child pornography. So what are we doing in school? I'm, I'm, I'm all about comprehensive sex education. Like when I was in, um, when, when we were growing up, we were shown videos about girls getting pregnant young, what to do if you have period, you're going through emotional changes, your body go through changes, here's what's going to happen to your body, here's how you're supposed to deal with it. We have school counselor to help us do, go in, dealing with some of the emotional things, you know, natural teenager, rebellious against your parents, that type of thing. But we don't have anything to say. Here's how you have sex. This is how you do the oral. This is how you have sex with the same. I mean, that's just too young. Let the children be children, whether they're going to grow into, grow out of, whatever they are, let them just be kids. That's what I think it should be. I agree with you. <laughs> I also feel very strongly that, uh, you know, this sort of thing should never happen without parental involvement and never Absolutely. So that should just be a hard requirement going in. Absolutely. That said, <laughs> you know, I saw a post online about something shocking that the World Health Organization is doing. Um, it was an upcoming seminar video thing. Well, I found the World Health Organization document that I believe this was referring to. And I said I didn't want to make the other side's case for them. And I'm not going to. I'm just going to explain to you what's, what's sure. behind some of this. So. Because what the World Health Organization is do is done is said because there's so much child trafficking, there's so much abuse, exploitation, and children have access to pornography that we need to have this comprehensive. They recommend this comprehensive sex education, you know, globally. And part of what they're saying is if a young child has better awareness of what sex is. And then they may be better equipped to protect themselves from a predator, you know, from being abused. So, you know, a lot of victims, young victims, when these things start to happen, they have no idea what's happening to them. This is like completely foreign to them. So um, that's one of the arguments behind. That's one of the things behind this in the schools. But <laughs> for the materials that I have seen that does not answer. There's definitely a sexuality, sexual liberation agenda behind. When you show a, a graphic illustration of, you know, oral sex, I mean, you know, which is X-rated. If you put it on TV, they, it would be X-rated. Right. Um, and you put that in middle school, you know, even high school. I don't think it's appropriate in that way. So... Uh, again, so that that's one of the arguments. And, and unless people talk, you never get there. You know, the people that are that are that think they're doing good with this stuff. If they say, well, those people on the other side are dangerous, extremists, you know, threat to democracy, blah, blah, blah. We can't even talk to them. Then you're never going to solve anything. 
And that's where we're at now. That's literally the National Democrat Party playbook. We saw it in the last couple elections, and it's still going on. Everything's MAGA, ultra MAGA, you know, white supremacy, uh, terrorist threat. I mean, it's it, it, that that sort of rhetoric. It's it's actually dehumanizing. So it's taking and painting with a broad brush everybody on the right, everybody that's a Republican, and saying they're these bad people that should not be listened to. They're dangerous and they, they cannot be talked to. Well, well, I want to go back to the educational part and what the World, Organiza World Health Organization saying. So I feel like if the young children whether they understand sex or they don't understand sex you have a danger now if their understanding is it's okay to have sex then where do you stop the age right so if you say it's okay to have sex can a 12 year old have sex with a 25 year old i mean where are we gonna put where's the law going wow. to be yeah, right? I mean, and then then you're gonna have problems with teen teenage pregnancies. You're gonna have problems with emotional, physical abuse because a girl develops a little bit faster. They're longing for something like this, but if you don't have some kind of moral standard to say, look, this is you need to have. You can't have casual sex. You need to have sex with somebody of more of your age, or you need to grow up for this. That needs to be told. When I was in middle school or high school, there were books out. They're, they're like ro romance novels in Chinese. So in there, it would talk about two people dating or falling in love and, you know, hand touching, kissing. And, but it always talks about you stop at some point. It always talks about guys sometimes can control themselves. This is where you have to make a stop. Or in those romance novels, would say you're if you're a guy, you have to respect the women, not go any further because you're you know you're not married, whatever. But those standards with this type of books being in the middle school, those standards in two three years going to go away. Mm -hmm. That's what I think there's a real danger to this. No matter what, young children should not be exposed to sexual things. Sex education, yes. Sexual, that's a whole different. That's I got gotcha. you. I'm with you on that. Right. Now this, what my man, one of my, I didn't read this entire document. I mean, I, I got the gist of what the purpose was, and then I scanned through the different grades and what they thought was appropriate, what they recommended. And yeah, there was there was a lot of cringe I found in there. But uh, what I what I came away from World Health Organization is global. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so the kids and families in Shaler are drastically different than you know, farmers in Thailand, yeah, you know, or people right. in, you know, in Africa, these right. other countries. They have so a lot. A huge, or even, you know, South, Central America. I mean, it's right. hugely, hugely different. So you draw a standard that says, you're going to look at the worst case of every scenario, and then yeah. we're going to teach every kid the same thing. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't agree well, with Well, I that. mean, in India, used to have, you know, baby bride, right? The, people would marry their kids off at three years old, 10 years old to a grown man. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the back then and they deem to be wrong now. Well, and then if you go into some African villages uh, back then, what happens is a life expectancy in some of the tropical, less developed world, a man life expectancy is in their mid forties or late early fifties. So they need to get married fast, reproduce and that, but that has changed with the medical advancement. Mm -hmm. um, but we are in America is a developed country. Right. So it's so different. We're civilized, right? We have laws protecting children. So this is, goes back to if we cannot allow child pornography online. Mm -hmm. We should not allow family nudist camp. We should not allow these type of material going to school. Kids needs to be focused on basics, reading, writing, math. This is a distraction. Mm -hmm. If anything, this is such a distraction. They already have it outside. And yes, 
parental involvement is very important. Very important. So, but um, that's... You know, there's one other problem I have with this. It's, it's like the CDC never actually told any schools to close. So the CDC puts out a recommendation or a standard or uh, tools, resources, and then the schools look at it and say, we have no choice. We're not scientists. We have to close. And so later on, when this, the children are suffering and there's all these problems, CD goes, we didn't tell the schools to close. Schools go, we didn't make that call. We're not the science. So nobody's responsible. Nobody's responsible. And that's one of the problems I have with something like the World Health Organization. So if, if I don't know what community, education community or whatever industry this is that's using this stuff, there's never going to be any accountability. No. You know, and we, we saw the same thing with, uh, you know, the what was it? The the intel the, the intelligence agencies that said that the Hunter laptop had all the earmarks. Yeah. We're so they talking. knew they right. knew what that was going to do. They knew by saying that that the press was going to report it as Russian disinformation. Right. OK, but they had deniability. So they they took the action that they knew would cause what happened. And then when it comes back and they say, we found out this isn't true, they go, hey, we never told them that that was Russian disinformation. We just said it had the earmarks. So nobody, again, nobody's responsible. So we have these powerful organizations having major impact on our lives and nobody's accountable. Well, and we have the right to make our own individual decisions, right? We should. We used to. People pull kids out of school. They put them in a separate school. And, you know, and some people decide. It's the same thing with the COVID vaccination. Somebody decide not to take it. It's up to the individual. But here's when you mentioned Hunter. But let's look at the recent um, development that Hunter Biden is proven, right? The FBI has the actual document. It's evidence that Hunter and Joe Biden both got paid $5 million each from Ukraine. Proven. But nobody's reporting on it. I'm not sure it's proven yet. So there's a form, a document. So if you go to the FBI and say, hey, I witnessed something, I want to place a, uh, make a statement, issue a report, there's a document that's written up like that. Um, it, it then would obviously go through an investigation to try to determine proof. I, from the reading I've done, it looks like that's all they have so far is this document. But the question might be, what have they done? Have they explored well, it? Have they tried to prove it or disprove it? I but, believe uh, there are some folks who definitely think it's real. Well, I believe the the money is Hunter definitely got five million. And then the other five million went to nine different family members, LLC accounts. including the grandchildren. All right, I missed that part, yeah. The money's transferred. Good point. I did not look into the money. That was an issue I heard about. Go ahead. Yeah, the money is transferred. So we all know the money is transferred. So, but news that... So nobody's reporting on it, but then and and that it that's that's the significance of Biden when the press asks somebody goes, "Where's the money?" Yeah. So you're saying the money there is somewhat of a trail, but it's through all these different LLCs. Did the LLC and then supposedly nine family member got money from you know it's all divvy up. So I, the grant. I mean, you have to wonder why the grandchildren got money from Ukraine, right? Mm. And um. So the same day this news drop is when the indictment also dropped on Trump. So now the that's all we talked about is the Trump indictment, the Trump indictment. So that got pushed. Nobody talked about this, you know, millions of dollars got transferred into the Biden family. And then also ignored the fact that China now is just sent 37 airplanes into the Taiwan airspace. And Taiwan paid $33 billion for weapons that we couldn't get because it's all in Ukraine. Um, They need more anti-defense system. And we don't have enough bullets. We don't have enough army personnel. We don't. The only thing we have more than China is aircraft carrier and nuclear warheads. But who's going to use nuclear warheads? Yeah, and I think fighter jet bombers or something, yeah. 
A yes. lot. The, the one we have way, way more than them is, is nuclear warheads. Yeah, but who's going to use that? And and for anyone that wants to look, you could Google Politico China War. The the uh, title of it is the Pentagon is freaking out about a potential war with China. We need to put that link on our Facebook page yeah. so people can go can look at it. Our government has been telling us forever since Trump how evil and bad Putin is. So no matter what, when they want to color somebody bad or whatever, it's Putin. Putin's sort of the devil. He's got the devil horns. So Putin invades Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we have to put everything we can into it short of putting boots on the ground. And if you don't support that, then you love Putin. What's wrong right. with you? So then... We froze Putin's assets, his dollars. So China just walks in and says, "Ah, oh, we'll give you, you know, we can, we'll do trade with you. We'll buy your oil and pay right. you on so you don't need dollars anymore. No right. problem. So all the economic damage done by those sanctions went away within a year. It was gone. So it did almost nothing. It signaled to the rest of the world that, hey, if America wants to, they can freeze your assets and make you jump through hoops or do whatever they want you to do. So China is now using that to go around. But the war continues. And now we know from the Pentagon that the biggest problem we have if we go to war with China is we run out of munitions in like three days. Mm -hmm. We have enough weapons for like two or three days. And a big part of that is we're spending so much of it in Ukraine. If I'm China and I say, I want to invade Taiwan, the U.S. is the only country I got to worry about. Let's just keep this, you know, Putin need, wants my money to buy his oil and everything. Let's just keep this war going. Keep this war going. Let America dump money and ammo into it until the fact that they can't, they're no threat to us anymore at all. And now we can just walk into Taiwan and it's ours. Well, and you know that Biden sold some of our reserve petroleum to China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so not only we don't have enough, you know, ammo, we also don't have enough oil reserve where Trump built it up. And I just want to tell you, I want to read this. Conversation. Well, we spent a bunch of that for uh, to try to prop up the price, too, because for Biden the, to protect Biden's poll numbers. Remember yeah, when inflation for the was midterm election. So. I just want to tell you, I, and you were talking about how the other side refused to even listen to the to to us. You know, they just don't want to listen because they just want to believe their decisions, right? So I want to. Well, I think there's some of that on both sides, but yeah, I'm I want still to looking for somebody on the other side that I can actually have a talk with. <laughs> so um, I want to read you this conversation I had with a friend of mine. Okay. This is an actual text message back and forth. I said, this is what I said. I said, I hope the Dems will vote for RFK Jr. And then the, it comes back to me. The reply is, why? Because he is not qualified. Okay. I said, so my reply is, Biden is really? Question mark. And the reply back to me is, Trump is really? I said, no. I'm talking about Robert Kennedy Jr., RFK Jr. He is a Democratic nominee challenging Biden. The reply back to me in bold letter, I don't want to talk politics. <laughs> now, if it's well, not Trump bad, then she doesn't want to talk about politics. Is that, what, I'm, is is that what I read or am I jaded? <laughs> this is a Democratic voter who does not know who Robert Kennedy Jr. is who does not know that someone is challenging Biden, who doesn't know their party has other choices besides Biden. This is a person who will go and vote and cast her vote. Now, I'm not just saying this is, not, this is an example how ill-informed everyday voters are. When they close their, when they shut their eyes, close their ears, refuse to even listen to the other side because she automatically assuming when I say RFK Jr., she automatically assuming I'm talking about Trump. There's not even a T in that sentence. You see what the problem is? Right. Yeah. But whose fault is that? Right. I'm not blaming this person. I'm blaming the media. The media is not giving RFK Jr. And the mainstream media, this is a Democratic candidate 
who will challenge Biden, who's an attorney, who's one of the Kennedys. They're not by just by announcing he's at twenty percent approval rating. They're not giving him a time of the day.、Hmm. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. We on the Republican side, they know every nominee. There's a ten of them. Every nominee get equal times on television, but you have a Democratic guy who's running against Biden. They're not giving a time of day, and the voter like this doesn't even know he exists. That's a danger to our democracy. Yeah, wow. People think and know what the media wants them to think and know, <laughs> and refuse to listen and do their own research. I mean, she literally refused when not coming back to me. Oh, really, RFK Jr.? Let me look into this. I don't want to talk politics. Well, you vote.、Oh, yeah,、fine. it's too comp. I don't want to get too complicated. I just want to have my feelings affirmed. Exactly. So when the Chinese Red Army marching into、uh, the state of California start taking over America, you know, maybe people will wake up. <laughs> That'll be too late. It's. I think it's already too late. I mean, I just heard today. Apparently, China gave Cuba a lot of money. They have a spy station. Yeah. And they're spying us to, you know, to know about our military maneuvers. And this Belt and Road Initiative, they're building ports everywhere, and apparently they have the port at both ends of the、uh, Panama Canal. Right. So if they want to, they can control all that. Do they they have money in Caribbeans, the Bahamas. I mean, they have America surrounded. Basically,、yeah. we who do they got Canada too. Trust me, if the Red Army marching in, Canada be waving the Chinese flag. They'll go willingly. They'll go willingly. <laughs> They'll be like, take me, take me. Let you keep your health care. <laughs> you know, right? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Although they're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna be LGBT affirming. Actually, they probably would. They probably like you guys keep doing that. That's good. They won't let it happen in China. <laughs> no. No, this is this is how the TikTok generation gets created, and this is how America will be destroyed. We we are, I kept saying we're in the war already, and we're losing. We're、yeah. losing because ignorant people like that. Well, so this article, there, there's some really interesting stuff in there, and I haven't even read all of it, but it, it explains what happened like after the Cold War. So、mm-hmm. the Cold War ended. The wall in Berlin came down. Peace now in the world. Demo- or communism has been defeated. That was the belief. So we believe we're now in a new era of peace, and we're going to invite China into the World Economic Forum. And once everybody's dependent on each other economically with trade, there's not going to be any wars. That was sort of the attitude. So we. De-emphasized the military, walked away, and and that's been you know sort of this laid-back attitude all the way up to nine eleven. I mean, the, you know, it, it permeated the U.S. This, this idea that we're going to be at peace forever, and you know, of course, nine eleven that became a Middle East thing that、uh, opened up the can of worms for the neocon plan of transforming the Middle East by overthrowing Iraq by putting a new regime in Iraq and making that a Capitalist mecca in the middle of of the Middle East that didn't work out, did it? And and、right. it, it, here's the thing, kind of the opposite. <laughs> I think war is somewhat obsolete. I mean,、right. weapons and a strong military are a deterrent, yes, but you can't win a war anymore. If、no. you go back to World War II, the way to win a war is destroy a country. You know? That's what Russians doing to Ukraine. That、yeah. country is destroyed. I mean. Civilians die. It happens. Now, the ethics of the time—if you've had a munitions factory, you bombed it. A lot of bombs went around and hit other people. You didn't target civilians, but a lot of civilians got killed. Right. That's war, and you didn't stop until you wiped them out. That was how you won a war, or they surrendered. And look what happened. It's in, in Vietnam. They just kept fighting. They just never go away. Same thing happened in Afghanistan. So we're playing by these rules that you can't be cruel and you gotta, you know, you can't target civilians. They hide amongst civilians. So all of our new war ethic is at a disadvantage, and it's real easy to exploit.
just keep just keep us fighting is what they're doing. They don't care how many are keeping die. Americans fighting They're Yeah. The kids are, the kids are learning not to love the country. The yep. kids are learning like, you know, there's right wingers and this and that we, we're keeping each other fighting right now. Went from the no longer black lives matter right now is LGBTQISIA. You know, that's a, a whole another culture fight. So we're trying to, get rid of masculinity. Well, when mm -hmm. you don't have masculinity in a society, when you lose that, you don't have a strong military. We don't you even do have a national have... identity anymore. Our kids have been straight raised men. to think I know, straight evil. men are shit. I mean, I'm, you, like, straight men, you guys have, you can't talk, you can't, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't do anything. <laughs> well, and the U.S. is bad. Our, our history is shameful, and so, I mean... There is really no national identity. There's nothing left to fight for. And if the right. Chinese government, if you get into a war with the Chinese government, they don't care how many Chinese people die. No, they don't. They're just get, And the Chinese people are going to be all gung-ho because they have the national identity. They just keep funneling them at you. So imagine Vietnam, except with a very well-armed enemy. Vietnam was just numbers. They didn't have all the armament. China is going to be the same thing in numbers, but with massive weapons. China, it's already winning the war in the United States. I mean, we depend on China for everything. I would say 90%. Now we have a culture. Our culture. Yeah, how, do you, how do you go to war with someone when you can't build weapons? You know, in, in exactly. World War II, the U.S. Provide built all these weapons. Weapon. But we had right. factories and we had yeah. factory workers. We don't have any of that anymore. No, we can't even get people to come out. I mean, I was just talking to some uh, a bar owner. We were talking how when we're younger, we want to go out. I mean, kids are even too lazy to go out these days. Really? <laughs> go out to, to bars. They they're online. They're, they're, they're online. They're sitting home. They're do I mean, how are we going to fight a war with anybody? Yeah. This is a generation that we have. You know, they're, they're feminizing the boys. They're trying to, no matter how you masculinize the girls, women are women. There's no way. You know, I keep saying my 12-year-old son can carry heavier stuff than I can and my husband can. He's a born a boy. You just physically, we cannot compete. So how do you do that? How about the women's soccer team lost to a Ryan Reynolds soccer team, which is a minor soccer team. The world championship got beat really bad by high school boys. And so let's face it, you know, this... You you look if you want to see to build a strong country, look at China. Patriotism, right? Giving people hope, making sure the boys of at the boys are masculine, making sure the girls are feminine, and we don't have that now anymore. And the real masculine men are afraid to be who they are in 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 this country. It's absolutely insane. All right, so let me let me counter everything now. This article in Politico. If this is all true, why did the Pentagon let it out? Why would you tell China that we're woefully equipped to fight against them, that we're doomed? Now, I guess you could argue China already knows, but how does this good for the U.S. to let this out of the Pentagon? Well, wait a second. So is it a... Is it a Pentagon spokesperson said they're yeah. out? This is this is war gaming, war simulations out of the Pentagon. I mean, the title of it is the Pentagon is freaking out about a potential war with. So, China. an actual formal spoke spokesperson say this. Well, I need to read it some more, but yeah, uh, I don't think it's an actual spokesperson say this, and I think it just probably stuff got leaked out because you know we're in the social media and. Everybody leaking everything out. It's just like Trump said, the general should not be on TV getting interviewed. We should okay, so if this that. leaked, then this is worse than anything Trump did with those documents. Absolutely. So where's the outrage? Where's the investigation? There's no outrage. I mean, you have a generation of United States people that um, the citizens hates this country. And the, and the UFO guy, okay, the guy that oh, supposedly... God leaked all this now he actually so you know part of uh classified information is you have different you know secret top secret but even if they, they compartmentalize as well so even right. if you're 
top secret clearance, that doesn't give you access to any top secret information. It's all based on a need to know basis only. So they do a they go to all these lengths to control this information and keep it from getting out. For this whistleblower to come out and say what he said, he actually got approval from the Department of Defense to say, "Yeah, it's okay. You can talk about it." I think it's all the distraction. I think something big is happening. This is nothing but a distraction. It's distracting the public from looking at the real problem we have in this country. Well, so for people to really believe it because of the guy's qualifications and his background and everything else, let me ask you a question. Why would the Department of Defense tell him it's okay to talk about it? He got clearance because if he didn't get clearance, he would have been arrested for divulging right. top secret. Why? Because they want a distraction. They want distraction from all the bad news that's coming out of Biden. Mm -hmm. I believe this is all like a little game. Here's the thing. Well, hold on. I think it's because it's just not true. <laughs> you know, I mean, he goes, can I talk about this? They're like, well, if it's not true, then they can't stop him from talking about it. So, um, because it's I, not real. <laughs> well, I, no, I believe, I don't believe in aliens, but I do believe we have such a huge galaxy. We have a Milky Way. I believe there's another Earth just like ours. Do I believe in life being another? I mean, the universe is just way too big. Well, and, and I think there's other civilizations somewhere. Are they going to come to Earth? No, I don't believe they are. Because, first of all, who with the mess we, we're in right now, who the hell wants well, to come to Earth? Regardless of what you believe, I mean, this was supposed to be evidence that this is all true. We have our government has the ships. And, yeah, one of the interesting things, I listened to the interview, and when he, uh, they asked him, what about bodies? Do they have bodies? He said, well, you know, when you when you find ships and you retrieve ships, there's naturally going to be some bodies. He didn't say yes. Right. I mean, I'm a literal. You know, when I'm when I'm talking with somebody and I ask a question like that, I want a clear yes or a no because I felt like what he answered could have meant, well, I did hear that they got the ships, so I'm just surmising that if they got ships, they must have bodies. But it's been reported as a yes, but he didn't give an emphatic yes to that question. So I think it's all just this guy gathering attention, trying to become one of the UFO celebrities. And, yeah. you know, because I, I don't believe the Department of Defense would have let it out if it was true. Well, that's like saying Independence Day is a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. I don't give any credence to, credence to that because I think that there's some real problem we're facing in this country yeah. that is huge. And what frustrates me is people don't talk about it, right? People don't want to even touch it. In China, it seems such a foreign thing for them. They don't understand the, the Bell Rope Initiative. This happened before yeah. in the Tang Dynasty. China has did, did the Silk Road. Remember the Silk Road? Mm -hmm. They traded with the Middle East. They expanded their influence throughout the Middle East and the Japan and Korea. Yeah. Um, at one point, they were going to take over Japan and Korea. So, but China never did things. Most of the time, China say we never invaded, actively invaded any country. Mm -hmm. They just set their economic footing there. They take over area very peacefully because if you give the money, you bribe the local officials, the politicians, you're going to get influence. Is it done in a very business manner? So China really, if you look back in the Chinese history, the real, the, I'm, not, I'm saying the real Chinese people, but there's Genghis Khan and there's a Manchurian took over China for two dynasties. But the Tang Dynasty and Han Dynasty is the Chinese, the Middle Earth, we call the Middle Earth people. When the actual Chinese, not the minority, manage China, it's always economic influence, right? They went to India to get the Buddhist Bible. It's always through culture, through finance. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. And I said this many shows ago, every Chinese emperor, let's just... Let's forget about President Xi. He is the emperor of China in a different clothing. Every Chinese emperor wants to have a legacy. And Taiwan will be Xi Jinping's legacy. He's 60-some years old. 
he has another five to eight years to go. He will have he will want to take Taiwan because his predecessor took back Macau and Hong Kong. So now he needs to do Taiwan. That will be his legacy, and it's a perfect opportunity right now because we have a weak country. America is weak, and they use America democracy to basically divide United States. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I I feel like we're just so easy to mislead and distract, and you know, Americans don't want to hear real problems. I mean, they'd much they rather don't hear. Don't want to hear real problems. They'd much rather hear, you know, half 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 of my fellow Americans are Marxist or right wingers, dangerous people. They they they're all into that. Nobody wants to talk about what about China, <laughs> you know, what well, about. These threats, you know, what what about the government distracting us and and not doing what's in the best interest of our economy and for the people? So let me think about this. When I was growing up, my parents said, "Well, you're young, you need to work hard." Bitterness before sweetness, right? Meaning, you work hard, you reap the fruit later. But when I come to this, and you deal with the daily problems, there's problem arrive, you gotta solve it. There's problem arrive, you have to solve it. Well, in this country, no matter what problem anybody have,、um, we're gonna go party tonight. It's a weekend. <laughs> I mean, you know, know. yeah. Let's have a good time. It doesn't really matter to a lot of people. And then when my son was growing, my son, my husband's like, oh, he's only gonna be a child one time in his life. Yes, but after ten years of your life, you're gonna look at some real issues down the road. You're gonna have to learn how to deal with some real issues, right?、Mm -hmm. So you gotta start early. Well,、yeah. the American spirit is completely different. You know, yeah, it's I have, all about comfortable and fun. Yes, and,、yeah. I had an employee. She's constantly broke, okay, and cries all the time. I'm broke. I'm broke. And then I said, okay, I'm gonna give you more hours to work. Oh, I can't work this. It's my birthday. I can't work this. I'm invited to a party. I can't do this because I have to go go to a concert. I'm like, wait a second. Didn't you just tell me you're broke? Well, she wants the money. She doesn't want to do the work. Right. So it's like, what am I missing here? Like, I went nine years without taking a vacation, and how is it you are able to、uh, worry about birthdays? I go through many birthdays without celebration because you're busy working. So that. Part of mentality just so different. It's so very different, and that has to change.、Mm -hmm. If that doesn't change, and I believe this country is going down a very doom hill, and it has to hit a bottom at one point, right? Because look at what happened. The World War Two generation, they are hardworking generation. I think once it hit a bottom. Hit a bottom when people wake up. They're like, "Wow, we have a country to save here." Maybe that's what this country needs. Maybe they they need to see what happens, and maybe they need to see like, "Oh, we're in trouble here." But I don't think they're at that point yet. Is there a stereotype about Asian moms being all negative and? <laughs>、um, it's not being negative. I think it's being realistic. <laughs> Of course, <laughs> it's being realistic because、yeah. life is hard. Life is not a party. Life is hard. You have to be tough to get through life. <laughs> I, you know what? I agree with what you're saying. I do. I agree with the content of everything you're saying. It's just, it just seems to be this constant theme. <laughs> well, here's the thing: you don't see Asian kids when they meet adversity. They don't run to drugs and alcohol. Good、right,、point. because you have a mom. I grew up with a mom, just like me, probably even worse. That you understand the concept: life is hard. You understand every day there will be problems. So it's like, yeah, there's gonna be problems. We're gonna solve it. So by the time we get to the workforce, it's all we already have this understanding. It's not gonna be peaches and. What? Where's the carrot? Is there a carrot? So the stick. Being life is hard. There's always going to be problems. You got to work your problem. Is there a carrot in there anywhere? The carrot is that you you are this person that able to handle the problems. So the、That's、growth. The carrot. So you grow in character. You grow in ability、exactly. to solve bigger problems. And so when I run into a problem, I don't cry and no don't know what to do. <laughs> right? You, you see what I'm doing? <laughs> 
I'm trying to make it a positive. It is positive. Like, I don't think it's negative. I would say that... you're stronger, you're more right. prosperous, all these good things. You yeah. made it. You don't cry. <laughs> no, I mean, what I'm saying is like, you know, I see young oh, people. Oh, you do you, by the way. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, that. I see young people <laughs> or even older Americans. Oh, I got a problem. So instead of, fig- so, well, I got this problem. Let's figure out how to solve it. Instead of saying that, I have a problem. They're completely paralyzed. They shut down. Yeah. Shut down. I'm going to deal with this later. Now I'm going to take a swip of a, 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 the weed, relax <laughs> my mind, and life is great. But guess what? Your problem are still going to be there. Right? So the carrot of having a strong character, having the ability to get through life, that is the carrot. The carrot is the fact that life is hard, but I know how to do life. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I would say you get stronger. You yes. become more prosperous. The the problems that used to be like seem so insurmountable for you are like nothing. Okay, yeah. you know you get better at that. Now you, you can tackle bigger things. So if you if you even look at it as say problems or what's between you and achieving something. Right. You know, the better you get at overcoming those obstacles and problems, the the greater the achievement. You it's know, not the greater the happiness. I by the way, right. I liked your or was it your mother who said the go to taste the bitter before the sweet. That's a, no, that's not my mother said. That's the entire Chinese culture. You See, do, I I preached and preached that to my kids. All, I didn't, didn't use those words. I said, you know, the temptation is I just want to relax. I want to have fun. I want to do this. But I said, as long as you've got work hanging over your head, you can't fully enjoy it. You need to take care of your responsibilities, take care of your work, and now you can go have fun. That's where the drugs and alcohol comes in. Because in order for you, Then mom, they can stop. Forget about it. Right. That's where that comes in. Instead of tackle your problems on a daily basis, you just go, ah! So you create this guilt and this negativity and this feeling of you know, inadequacy and I, I'm not able to, so all this self, everything gets all made and then you just numb it with drugs. That's what exactly. You're and that, that doesn't, that doesn't happen when we're growing up. Right. No. Because you, you, you have a problem and then like, okay, my mother cannot be here with my sister. Then now I got to learn how to change diapers. So you get through that. You're like, by the time you're five, you're like, I can change diapers. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you go like, well, my mother opened up a store. How do we keep the store going? Well, we're going to go door to door to sell milk delivery. The Before you do it, it's like, how are we going to do this? It's a big task. It's like, okay, my sister, you come with me. You hold the elevator. I go knock on every door. So you get through that. The next big problem, right? Every time, the, then the problem gets bigger, but the but the way you solve it, it gets easier. Right. And then you know what to do. So the care is to know what to do. It's mm-hmm. not this like, I'm going to go party and bill ride and weekend hanging out, even though my bank account have $3. That's not a carrot. That to me, that is suffering. Because when you wake up Monday morning, you look back, you're like, oh my God, I, my problem still, my old problem still here. Now I just add a more problem to oh, the other sure. problem. Yeah, some of that's the short-term mentality. You know, short-term pleasure leads to long-term pain. Short-term sacrifice leads to long-term pleasure. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I say. So this is what I'm trying to teach my son, right? If, if you think the grind is hard in your 20s and 30s, wait till you hit your 50s and 60s. <laughs> well, i got to tell you, uh, I remember when I w- my dad had a uh, business. He, he left his job, very good-paying job. He had a, his own business. And so I delivered milk after school. I got to keep up good grades. I remember the one night I had to study for a test. And then in Hong Kong, the test is not like here. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I have to study for a test. And then my desk, 1130 at night, he said, you need to come and help me pack for my trip. I was in the middle of studying a test. I was so mad. I said, I'm studying this test. You want good grades. Now I got to stop this to help you pack for your trip. So don't, don't come at me if I don't get good scores tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This is what he said to me. And I remember for, I remember till today and I'm, doing the same thing he said well if you can't handle this 
How are you going to handle the future? Right? This is a problem at hand. Yes, you have to work from 5 to 7. Yes, you got to study for your test. Yes, you got to help me pack for my trip. But I still expect you to get good grades the next day because that's how it is. That kind of mentality helped me going through life that I don't need drugs and alcohol to get me through life. I just need to get things done. That's it. Preach it. <laughs> Keep preaching it. Yeah, what's the carrot? Why does the carrot has to be, oh, I'm going to have a great party. Well, party all I'm saying is it's there. It's there. What you were yeah. saying, there was a, there's a, you know, a prize. There's, there's a reward, a payback in there, but you kept expressing it as a negative. <laughs> the know? reward. It's like, is instead of saying, you'll live, you're going, you won't die. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong. reward, the reward is feeling achieved. Right. Yes. And I think what people don't understand, I'm trying to, to say this. Yeah, I know. The, the high the high you get from accomplishing something is way better and lasts way longer than the high you get doing drugs and alcohol. Right. <laughs> yeah. If I I took a, a flower shop, if I leave a venue, if I go into a venue, I take a before picture, I leave that venue. It's beautiful. That is a high, is an achievement. Wow, I did this. Mm -hmm. I made this happen. Yeah. Rather than, you know, I don't have a job, I don't have a money, I don't want to go to work, but you know what, I'll just get a little bit of money to get by for today because tomorrow I have to get up again and figure out what my life is going to be. So I think the, the positive is that if you can go through life Constantly having accomplished something, constantly having an achievement, that become a thing where you want to keep going. Well, I want to achieve more. I want to achieve more because you. it's just like a runner. If you beat your own score at 50 meters, you're like, I did. The, I want to run faster next time. I'm going to run faster next time. Then you have something you get. You are chasing. You're constantly chasing a goal. That's mm -hmm. way better than chasing that feeling with drugs and alcohol. This is why so many young people develop mental illness because they don't have anything to to go chase, you know, to live by or something they want to accomplish, set yourself a goal. Like I said, three years, five years. When you and I set up for this show, we had a three-year plan, right? Then we constantly modify it, challenging ourselves, doing something different. Well, that's a wonderful thing to do rather than just doing nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> or smoking weed going, eh. How come I can't go viral? <laughs> <laughs> right. How come that guy gets viral? <laughs> right. Always looking at somebody. Always go. I, I always say, I don't want to hear coulda, woulda, shoulda. Just see what's happening now and deal with. That's mm -hmm. the thing. I think that's important for kids. Have you read the Trump indictment? No. I read it. And? <laughs> You know, that? the the bad things that are alleged in there sound so Trump-like. <laughs> you know, they seem like they're true. Oh, I think the prosecution for Trump, if I write it, you talk too much. I'm conflicted. You know, I mean, I'm conflicted because, for example, I believe the seeds of nine, you know, what happened on January 6th, the seeds of that were sown during the summer of 2020 when the media and everyone excused all this extremely violent, horrific activity around yes, the city. I agree with that. And I think the mindset, the, the messaging you put out there to people is if you feel aggrieved enough, if you feel passionate enough about your cause, then, you know, a, a, a protest that gets a lot of attention is what you want. Right. Okay. So I think, you know, and I think all the crime we're seeing is a direct result of, of you know, discrediting police, police mostly getting peaceful frustrated. protests with the car burning in the background right right, right. mostly peaceful yeah so i believe and the same with the border so right. i think you know i didn't vote for a wall 
when I voted for Trump. I voted for a tough border policy. And the reason I believe we need a tough border policy is I think that's good for the U.S. and I think it's good for the immigrants because right. there's too much exploitation. This has been well known since way before Trump, by the way, the stuff that's happened, the, the exploitation of the people coming coming here. So yeah. I believe that you have to have laws and you have to enforce your laws to dissuade people from doing certain things. Right. So when I read <laughs> the things that Trump supposedly did, I'm like, I mean, so supposedly had military secrets like, I don't know, I, I, I can't remember exactly the one it was the one was about the, the weaknesses of a certain country or the military strategy, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there was one case where he was accused of wanting to start a war with another country. I don't know which country that was. So the media went out and said that Trump was, you know, questioning, can't we invade this other country and blame it on someone else or something like that? Well, he had a document that he held up and said, here, General so-and-so or this military advisor guy, he was the one that said it. See, it's right here in this document. By the way, this is top secret, so I can't let you get too close to it. But... So now I don't know if the guy wasn't even close enough to read it, but he was kind of, you know, this was an author, someone writing a book. And, you know, so he was doing it in a braggadocious way. You know, see, this proves that I didn't say that, that it was them that were saying it. And this is, by the way, this is military secrets and I can't really let you see it too close. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that, you know, and, and then the. You know, I mean, they have text messages between his aides and everyone while where they're moving the documents around. And then, you know, the people, when they interviewed them, they said, no, I, I never knew anything about this or that. So they had direct evidence that these people were lying. There's a conflict there, right? It's this whole banana republic thing. It looks externally like you're soft on everybody else, but real tough on Trump. Now, maybe Trump, it wasn't the documents so much as his, the way he handled it. And so on one hand, I think if he really did do those things, and I could see them wanting to pursue it to make sure nobody else does this, because it does sound pretty bad. Wait, what about Hillary Clinton uh, smashing cell phones and using bleach bids and see, having, having a surfer in her bathroom? I mean, she was the secretary of state. I agree. Well, I mean, so you can't say, well, this is bad. And, you know, Trump, the biggest crime Trump commit is he talks too much. <laughs> and he has, he's so egotistic. And oh, he's yeah. an asshole. He's a giant asshole. And he challenges everybody. He picks up every single fight. He's petty. But that's, that's his crime. To me, that's well, his crime. And by the way, Alan Dershowitz said that's probably going to be his, his part of his defense to say, that document wasn't I didn't really have that document. He just lied about it. You know, Trump, he lies all the time. He's you know, braggadocious and he's braggadocious. <laughs> I mean, no the thing is the people that voted for Trump. I mean, like, I can point to CNN and these news organizations citing that Trump lied sixty thousand times. You know, they, right. oh, they that's evidence. Look, the guy lies. You can't believe it. They, he wouldn't let them see the document. They don't know if that's really what it was. I think that's what part of his defense is going to be yeah he if he would have talked less and be more statement like statesman like his right. policies are great so the difference is the people that voted for trump like us we know what when we we know what we got right we understand he we don't look at trump going like this guy is a freaking angel he's perfect but the thing is it is two different justice right for two different parties yeah if you're a republican you better walk on eggshell making sure everything you do is right and democrats are and eh, whatever do whatever you can bleach bit you can smash in cell phones after after they tell you to preserve evidence yeah right i i mean yeah. i hear you i agree, I agree. Can, you can argue all you want history tells us there's two I mean, but there's a possibility here. It seemed like when Biden got caught with his documents, he said, hey, go get them, whatever you want, take them. I don't really care. Trump tried to hide them and things. So, I you know, if Trump had to surrender everything immediately when they yeah, asked for them. I think just an egotistic thing. I think Trump, for like, my document, he's like trying to be this. Yeah, he should have just said, take it, take them all. But so, I you know, if you're, let's say, and I, I don't, 
I'm not a fan of the FBI these days, okay? I, I have a lot of suspicions about them anyway. But just if you're the FBI, you say, mm-hmm. okay, on one hand, we don't want to allow be- bad behavior to go unchecked because that'll tell other people they can do it. So when a politician generally like Biden cooperates and says, well, hey, hands off, go get them. You can have everything that's there. I, don't, I, I, I screwed up, whatever, take it. Um, they're like, well, okay, so if we pursue that, maybe it looks like the Banana Republic kind of thing. Um, but if they do all the things that Trump did to try to hide them and prevent sending them in and things, you know, maybe that kind of forces their hand. But I, I'm with you on Hillary, too. I mean, that seems real shaky. And then the whole Russia collusion, that was all made up by Hillary. So Yeah, what about when Biden says, yeah, you're going to, uh, I'm not going to give you a billion dollars unless you fire, the, fire this prosecutor who's investigating mm-hmm. Burisma. What, he said that in public. That's a very egotistic thing to say. He's holding up the foreign aid. So then this prosecutor... He's asking another country to fire a prosecutor using a billion dollar as a pay to play. So mm-hmm. what about that? I mean, if you want to look at, at what the politicians have done, there's so many of them yeah. that, you know, they could be charged on. What, what about um, Bill Clinton lied about Monica? Yeah. What's the definition is, is, right? <laughs> yeah. Famously, I mean, I love Bill Clinton, but still, so it's like you love him. I do. I mean, I think he actually looks pretty good now by today's standards. He doesn't look good now. He looks like an old grandma. But no, no, I mean, as a president, you know. Oh, as a president, yeah, he was fantastic. He looked great. So I'm, and then you know, and and, I'm not talking about his physical appearance, but uh, Obama (laughs) locked up a million documents in in his library. So what makes the FBI want to go get certain documents not to get certain documents? Well, that's where they end up. So, you know, the National Archives take take these documents when they leave, and then when they build a presidential library, oh, they they, I think they scrub through them and whatever, they, you know, is, is you know seriously sensitive goes back to the Department of Defense or whoever, and then they go into their library. So, so ultimately, they end up in the presidential library. I feel that if this was President Obama and they say, I, I don't want to give you a certain document, they would have just be like, yeah, you keep it. But because well, it's Trump, you can do whatever you want with Trump. Trump represents the white, privileged, straight white men in this country. He is the target. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get all the prosecution for all the straight white guys in this country. What about Biden? I mean, he's an old straight white guy, too. But here's what I think. OK, Biden is gone. Biden represents <laughs> straight white privileged senior citizen who has dementia. <laughs> so we're going to leave him alone because he doesn't know what the heck he's doing anyway. Let's say, you know, the, the very politically involved, your average and, and I'm going to use a term that sounds bad, but I'm, it's, it, I, I don't mean it to be an insult. Call that the rabble. Okay, so you have all the people like us going around going groomers and pedophiles. And, you know, on the other side, they're going, you know, right wing extremists and threat to democracy. So, you know, all this name calling and things go out. And, you know, somewhere in there is the real issues. Right. Right. I think what. Our side needs, because we always have the media against us, we always have the messaging of the left and the media just works so nicely. We need someone who's a credible, intelligent, sober spokesperson, a leader. Trump isn't that, you know. Trump's a bull in a china shop, you know. He'll go in there and do it Trump's way. But, you know, Ron DeSantis has that quality. You know, he sounds reasonable. They say all these crazy things about him. But then when he speaks, it makes sense. And, right. you know, he doesn't fly off the handle and things no, like that. No, he's very disciplined. And Vivek and, Ramaswamy is like that. Yeah. I mean, we have a watch, lot of great spokespeople. Watch his John Stossel interview. I watched the whole thing. Man, is he 
in, now there's a few areas where I thought he didn't answer too great, but generally speaking, he really commands the issues, and I think he presents it in such a positive way. You know, that's what the right needs. That's what the conservatives, the Republicans need, is someone like that. Now, I I agree that he doesn't really have a shot right now, but I'm I, I also think the primary that's part of what i think a primary might be for to see these up and comers and to you know mis- right and so there's certain people that aren't going to listen to trump but they're going to listen to a ramaswamy or they're going to listen to a, a desantis so sometimes like not if you get like pence in there i don't know what what he brings to the table Nothing. you know nine is probably too many but i think right. having you know a fair amount of people like that that draws in more attention, gives credibility to the message. But then, you know, the, the laggards drop out before the primary. You know, throw your throw your endorsement behind the leader and drop out. Ramaswamy, I just want to tell you, is a product of an Asian immigrant mother. Yeah. Just like me. Right? <laughs> Indian mothers. Comes or keeps coming yeah. back to that. Indian mothers and Chinese mothers are not that much different. So Ramaswamy is a product of a immigrant parents mm-hmm. from Asian country. So I'm just I just want to point 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 that out. But um, I think Trump should drop out. You know I think Ron DeSantis is the guy. Yes, he's very eloquent. He presents his point of view. It comes across very nicely. I think there's a lot of. Um, great voices in the Republican Party, but they're being squashed by Trump. So, you know, Trump should not be the representative for Republican Party. Absolutely not. There's a lot of good people here. And, um, you know, I don't know what the primary is going to be, but yeah, there's a lot of great stars in the Republican Party that actually are very moderate. Mm-hmm. And so they're not extreme, not like the other side. So I think if Trump would drop out, he saves himself and he, he saves the Republican Party. But he probably is not going to drop out because he's his own worst enemy. Let's wrap this up. and here. Yeah, there's a lot here. It was just definitely a free form. So Yeah, and I have to tell you, people like the free form. I got some feedback. Thank you, Bob. Another episode of... Next time I'll put some makeup on. I got to get some Dylan Mulvaney makeup tips. <laughs> I think you're rocking the no makeup, you know, just come <laughs> as you are. Thank Make you. Make a state. Maybe that's what women need to do is say, look, I'm a woman no matter what I do. <laughs> I don't need help. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, we love it. So, all, all right. right. Thanks, Sherry. Have a good one.